Welcome to the Coaching Lab Podcast. I'm Head Coach Matt Dennis, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about how to improve your team performance right now. Welcome to the Coaching Lab Podcast, where basketball coaches build more success in less time by increasing their ability to teach, lead, and coach the players on their team and in their program. You're in the beginning of your season, you're in the middle of the season, you're approaching the end when you're trying to you know, make sure your team is ready to make that run in the tournament play. It doesn't matter when it is, improving our team's performance is something that every coach is trying to do every single time they step in the gym. That makes today's topic, I think, that much more important. Improving your team's performance now is critical for your next game, whether it be a scrimmage, a conference game, a big rivalry game, or you're going to be going into tournament play where it counts. It's one and done. You got to make sure that you win to advance. So I want to give you some things to think about and some ways to improve the performance. The first one is add variety to the drills that you're using. Now, it doesn't matter if you call them decision-making drills, small-sided games, scrimmages, block practice versus random practice. No matter how you want to look at it, having variety is key to getting your players ready to play. Now, here's why I say that. I've seen coaches on social media, they post this nice-looking graphic, and it says, add your three favorite rebounding drills here. Add your three favorite decision-making drills here. And that's kind of supposed to act as your plan for the entire season. And I disagree with that. I don't think that you need two or three or four drills. I think you need a whole variety of drills that find a way to teach that skill in a different way. So... I happen to use transition as a big part of our game, and our offensive transition and our defensive transition are things that we want to make sure we are great at every time we step on the floor. And I know over the course of the season, you know, you hope to improve in those, but those are two key areas that we want to make sure we're the best team on the floor when we step out. How do we do that? I don't have two or three favorite drills that I use. I've got a dozen. I've got 15 drills that I use to teach transition. Each one may have a different emphasis. Uh, The drills may put players in different situations at a disadvantage or at an advantage. They'll require different decision-making. Sometimes they're one-on-one, sometimes they're five-on-five, sometimes they're progressive and they build up from a one-on-one to five-on-five. Doesn't matter what exactly the drill is, there are key things in our transition, both offensively and defensively, that we need to make sure we're ready for whenever a team throws something new at us. If you're a pressing team, what happens when the team runs a press, a 1-4 press break? What happens when they put two guards up top and two guys way back? What happens when the other team uh, has a couple of three great ball handlers in there? Those are all different situations that your press has to be ready for. And just having one or two drills isn't going to do it. Having three drills isn't going to do it. And the next team you run into may not have that same thing. So you're going to need to practice different situations. So adding variety. 
Rebounding is another thing. Every year I see, again on social media, coaches ask about rebounding. How do you get your players to rebound? How do you become a good rebounding team? Uh, We practice it. We talk about it. But they just don't do it. I don't know each of these coaches personally, but in my experiences, coaches who have trouble in the rebounding area tend to be coaches that use you know, maybe one drill or two drills for rebounding, and that's it. And it's not really emphasized in any other area of practice, or it's such a negative emphasis that players hear rebounding as just this negative word that, oh, man, we got to do that again. I never want my players to look at it that way. So rebounding is something we have multiple drills that we use. Some of them teach the basics of boxing out and of getting to a player. Others teach how we want to you know, go after the ball, pursue the ball on a rebound. Uh, it's not all about boxing out. I don't want to have a player who's on the help side in the paint run out to the three-point line to box somebody out who's not part of the play. But I know statistically the ball tends to bounce about 8 to 10 feet from the rim. Let's say it's on a three-point shot. The rebound is going to come roughly 8 to 10 feet from the rim. Now, every once in a while, there's a hard ricochet. I understand that. But we teach our players, you need to be about 12 feet from the hoop with your arms out, ready to feel anybody that may be coming in for that rebound. But you need to pursue the ball from 12 feet. If it goes to 8 feet, you can read that and you can pursue it. If you run all the way out to the three-point line to box out that player, which in some drills, coaches have players do that. That's not a good use of our energy. That's not a good use of teaching fundamental uh, rebounding skills. It's not a good use of how we want to do things in our program. So I make sure that the variety has the same context and has the same principles that we want to perform in a game. But having variety puts players in completely different situations, uh, puts them at an advantage, at a disadvantage. Sometimes it's competitive, and if you don't get it done, you may have to do push-ups. If you get it done, you may have to run. Um, there, there are a lot of different ways that you can do that. And that's a whole other podcast that we can talk about how we can emphasize this in practice. But adding variety is huge. Coach, I want to call a quick timeout and let you know if you're looking for drills that you can put into practice, I encourage you to go over to the coaching lab at coachmattdennis.com. And inside, you'll find the drill vault with over 225 drills in what I call the six key areas of the game. Your half-court offense and defense, your transition offense and defense, skill building, and conditioning. There's PDFs for every single drill. There are videos for many of them, and I'll be continuing to add more. But the drill vault is a place where you can go quickly find the drills you need to make your team better in one of those six key areas. I hope that you'll go over, check it out with the three-day free trial. Again, that's CoachMattDennis.com, and you'll be excited in what you find in the drill vault. Now let's get back to the episode. The second thing that we want to do is make sure we're communicating clearly to our players. This will improve our team's performance because they'll understand exactly what we want them to do. And this is critical. Even if you're using a variety of drills, if the players don't understand why you're using them or what you're trying to accomplish, then they're not going to know what their role is. They're not going to know exactly what the expectation is of them. So making sure that we're communicating clearly is huge. Now, there's two things that good coaches do, 
and I've said this in other podcasts, so this might be something you've heard before, but coaches are understandable. They can give clear, concise instructions that players can understand. When I hear and see coaches in games who yell and scream and you don't have a clue what they're saying, it's not understandable. When I have coaches who draw on the see coaches draw on the whiteboard and scribble all over the place, and they're talking it through, but what they're writing doesn't really. By the time they're done, it, it looks like a two-year-old all over their whiteboard. It's not understandable to the player. If you're yelling as a player is running down the floor because there's a fast break opportunity, they're probably not in a position to understand you because they're trying to perform an action. So as a coach, you've got to recognize when can you give instruction. And I know all those were for in-game. Practices are the same way. Sometimes you have to stop practice. Sometimes you have to pull a player out of practice. Uh, Sometimes you need to redo a drill. Because you can tell the understanding wasn't there and you need to explain it differently. But coaches have to be understandable. That will help the player know what they need to do. The other thing is whatever you give them needs to be actionable. If they understand you, now can they take action on what you just said? I hear coaches all the time say things like, catch the ball. Or they'll say something about, make the shot. Or what are you doing? None of those things are actionable. Or they'll pull a kid out for making a mistake and they go sit on the end of the bench and nobody from the coaching staff talks to them. So they don't know what to do when they get back in. So being actionable is huge. If you want them to catch the ball, it might be something like, watch it go into your hands. Grab it with two hands. You can watch it. That's something that's an action you can do. You know, that's grabbing it with two hands is something that you can do. If it's a post player, you know, they need to put a hand up, a target up. Get your hand up high. Give them something to pass to. Well, the action is getting their hand up high. They certainly could do that. Uh, if it's a follow through, we can tell you know, hold your follow through longer. Whatever it is, we need to be actionable. If we're talking on the defensive side, if a player is not uh, down in a stance, we can tell them to get in a defensive stance. That's something they can take action on. Now, some of these are hard to do on the fly in a game, but these are things that we could also do in practice. So make sure whatever you're telling them is actionable. If your communication is understandable and it's actionable and then the player doesn't perform it, Either they don't have the ability to perform it, or they weren't paying attention, or they're tired. Those three things are typically the three that you see. So if you're being understandable and actionable, your players will improve their performance right away. And this can mean everything from pulling out, talking to them, putting them back in, stopping practice real quick and talking to a player, uh, getting their attention, maybe by having them run a quick down and back sprint because they're not focused on what you're doing, even though you're giving them communication that's clear. So make sure that you're understandable and actionable. That will help. The third thing is coach the expectations that you've laid out. If the expectation in practice is rebounding, and that's what you want to work at, you need to get better at keeping the offense off the glass. So you're working on your defensive rebounding. But then all of a sudden in practice, you start coaching the offensive players. Well, are you emphasizing defensive rebounding or are you emphasizing 
the offense in practice. And you've got to be very kind of strategic and have a narrow focus when you do this. And this is where assistant coaches can really come come and help out with this. Give your assistant coach the offense so that you can focus on the defensive rebounding. Whatever it is that you're saying, you need to follow up with your actions. So if you say an expectation is that we're going to get better in defensive rebounding, your actions as a coach need to emphasize that because players will do what you emphasize. If you say we need to get better in defensive rebounding and then all of a sudden you flip and you start coaching the offense, they're not worried about defensive rebounding because you're not worried about defensive rebounding. You also need to reinforce it in practice. So taking a look at game film, we love to watch game film before we go into practice, and I'm going to give you a quick progression of how I think, you know, a way that you can help your team clearly understand and improve in certain areas in just a second. But if you see something in game film that you've brought up, you need to make sure that it's reinforced in practice. Your assistants are reinforcing it. If you have the luxury of having maybe two assistants, then you give them each an area to focus on and then hold your assistants accountable to that. Maybe you take a third area or you say, I'm going to coach the offense. You two are taking the defense. We need to make sure we're working on our help side rotations and we need to make sure that we're working on our defensive box outs. So you give those assistant coaches that responsibility but reinforce whatever it is in practice. Therefore, you can then see if you got better at it in the game. Now, the progression that I'm talking about is can be done in probably different ways, but this is the way that we do it, and it seems to be beneficial for our players. We have our pre-practice meeting. In that meeting, we'll go over video, we'll go over statistics, uh, anything that I've seen. I'll ask for players' feedback, but... I kind of have an idea of what we're going to be doing because I'm, I've already prepared for practice, but now I'm letting everybody else know, and I create a discussion so that the, the rest of the team can have a voice and the assistant coaches and everybody's on the same page. Once we see it in video, we need to go and get that skill done in practice. Now, it's not the very first thing we do when we walk into practice, but it's built into the practice plan is that skill. Once we've worked on the skill and I'm confident that we know the fundamentals of how to do it, we've got the foundation for how that skill works and operates, now it's going to decision-making. How can we put ourselves in a position to have to make decisions or to have to perform in different ways? So decision-making tends to be kind of a smaller group of people. It might be a team drill, but only a couple of uh, players are performing at once. We then jump to small-sided games. Put somebody at a disadvantage so that we can see this skill in play. We need to make sure that we understand what we're doing when things aren't perfect. So shell drills are great, but if your shell drill always has your defense in position, it's not realistic for a game. Put your defense at a disadvantage. Now work on your defensive rebounding. Now work out on closing the gaps. Now work on your rotations because that's how games are often played. Somebody makes a mistake, they trip, they, whatever happens, they get behind. The rest of the team has to help out. And in our practices, we say do 100% of your job and 10% of someone else's. Well, 100% of your job, if you do slip up, if you don't get the job done, your teammates know that they may have to do 10% of your job to help you out. So we communicate that as we go throughout practice and we're working on our defense. Once we've done it in a small-sided game or maybe a shell-type situation, 
we're then going to scrimmage five on five live. We're going to let players work things out on their own. We're going to let them run up and down the floor, get fatigued, uh, make mistakes. We're going to pull kids out and we're going to talk to them about what they need to do. We're going to put them back in there and let them do it again. We're getting trying to get lots of game-like reps. While small-sided games are great, they are not the same thing as playing a five-on-five full-court game. So we're going to make sure that we put our players in those situations. And then the final step is the next game that comes around. What do the stats show? How do the players perform? Maybe it's having an assistant coach watch what you've been teaching and emphasizing in practice to make sure you're getting it done. Uh, but we're taking a look at you know the game at halftime and how we're doing in those areas. We'll take a look at the game field afterwards. And then we come back to the team and say, these are the areas we've improved on. And maybe there's a new area that we need to select. But we've now gone kind of the full gamut of we've noticed a problem, we need to fix it. So it's video, skill, decision-making, small-sided games, scrimmages. And then we're going back to an actual game win-loss, whether it be a conference game that's going to count for a conference championship or it's a tournament game that might you know, kick us out of the tournament and our season, we now have the opportunity to see if what we worked on is going to be done and executed in a game. So coaches, those are three ways that you can improve your team performance right away and the progression in which you can do it in practice leading up to your next game. Coach, if you've enjoyed the Coaching Lab podcast, I encourage you to go give us a five-star rating and even leave us a review. I'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's episode, Coach. If you'd like more great coaching content, I encourage you to check out The Coaching Lab at CoachMattDennis.com. You'll find everything you need to have more success in less time.